Hello, and welcome to Franchise Me. I am Ryan. And I'm Andrew. A.K.A. Lazy Eye Laszlo. Yes, and I am Captain Quinn. And this is the show where two friends go on a journey to find the ultimate movie franchise. Each week we'll talk about a film or films in a series, breaking them down and seeing if they are truly worthy of being in a franchise. As we finish different series, we'll compare and rank them among each other in order to find out which one is truly the best. This week, we search for the Fountain of Youth and join Blackbeard's crew as we discuss Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Captain, my friend, here we are again. Lazy Eye, how are you? I'm good, how are you doing? I'm doing well, I'm doing well. Um... You feeling strange? <laughs> I'm feeling a little strange. I'm feeling a little strange. Uh, feeling a little strange. Feeling I think these, a little... Uh, these tides are on are a little strange. Yeah, a little these strange. tides are weird. I'm feeling that, but I'm, I'm feeling, uh, some would say, underwhelmed, maybe. Yeah. I'm feeling a little underwhelmed. This episode um, feels a little unnecessary. Unnec- <laughs> some would say that. Some would say it feels a little unnecessary. And uh, probably the same complaints next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, here we are. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides, the fourth Parts of the Caribbean mm. film. Did we need it? That's kind. Of, that's kind of the question I think. <laughs> that did. Did we need this? <laughs> that's kind of the question I think everybody has. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Um, I was telling you or before we we record, started recording that I went back to. I finally watched that uh, that uh, documentary. It's a twenty five minute little mini documentary about the pre production of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean: Dead Man's Chest. Yeah. No, for no particular According reason. To plan, right. According no, to well, no. That's the hour long actual like. During the production, oh, but okay. there's a there's one. It's called um I forget what it's called uh but it's a it's a little pre production twenty five minute okay. thing. Uh, has a name too. I forget what it's called, but it's uh it's about you know them them everything happens before they started filming mm-hmm. and then you know talking about everything they had to do and everything for no reason other than my own enjoyment. I really wanted to just I've been wanting to check it out again for a while and I was really happy with it. But there is literally a part in it where Gore Verbinski's talking about how. They're taking on this task of making the second and third Pirates of the Caribbean movies, and then they're just going to wrap up the story. And he literally says, and this is in 2004, yeah. <laughs> he literally says, and nobody will ever make a... We want to make it so that nobody can ever make a Pirates movie ever again after we're uh-huh. done. And here we are. So <laughs> here we are. This week and next week. <laughs> Talking about more pirate movies. Yeah, I mean, is it necessary? Did we need this? I think as we go through this conversation, we're, we're probably going to find that answer. And I think we're in agreement <laughs> on that answer. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, it is it is uh, going to be a fascinating week, at least, to talk about. Because there, there, there's some good. Oh, yeah. There's I don't, some good. No, I, like, I, I wouldn't say these are uh, unwatchable movies or no, terrible, no. bad movies by any means. But it's not necessary. It's not necessary. Um, no. the, the, it's, you know, and we'll, we'll jump into it. No, well, we I, going, I've but. been on the record before in the past, um, and even before this, of, of being, I guess, like kind of defenders of these movies that like, are they necessary? Like a movie can sure. be can be enjoyable and be unnecessary, you know right. what I mean? Well, really, I mean, ultimately, is any movie necessary to begin with? You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, did yeah. we need five, or five Fast and Furious movies, let alone uh, the other four? five that came after that sure but uh i'm glad we have fast five because mm. you know but One of our uh, favorites exactly but like is any movie really necessary but right. i've you know i've been on the record of saying like you know i don't think these movies are are awful my opinions might have my opinions might have changed a little bit after watching uh these movies again sure but yeah i did like you know i think it's no spoiler to say i don't i I don't think this is a necessary movie. No, you know? it's not. I think that uh, you know they should have wrapped that story up when we did. You know, I mean, we did. We I did think, wrap the story. I mean, up. At World's End was 
the perfect ending. Yeah. I mean, we said it last week that it feels like the ending of this entire franchise. Yeah. And here we are, and we're talking on Stranger Tides, yeah. and it's like, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I have things to say about this movie that I'm, uh, you know, good things and bad things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, there's um, definitely good in here. There's definitely good in here. They they keep some of the spirit of, of those previous movies, but it, it, this is a different Pirates movie, for yeah. sure. This is a very different Pirates movie. I mean, and we have the introduction, I think, of the only historical pirate uh, to ever be in these movies. Yes, yeah, only actually that we <laughs> historically did exist, yeah, pirate uh, ever teach, a.k.a. Blackbeard. Blackbeard. So, yeah. yeah, I have a lot to, not a lot to, but I have some thoughts on that, which would be interesting. We can talk about that when yeah. we get there. I, I don't love it. But, no, I don't, I don't, I don't either. I, think, <laughs> I don't love I, it. I think it's weird mixing yeah. in the, because we've accepted that this is a, like, they, they, they kind of, they, they get the, like, we praise, like, kind of the historical accuracy of the time, but mm-hmm. they've also, de- like, the blending of the historical accuracies of the time and the, the pirate culture, but also with the fantasy elements. Mm-hmm. And we've accepted that there are, Skeleton pirates and and Dave, Davy Jones Davy and his Jones cursed and his crew and all this Dutchman. stuff. Yeah, yeah, and all this stuff. But like, I think you know, when then when you go back and go, well, here's this person that actually did exist. Yeah, interacting with all these fantasy elements. Yes, it is weird. It, yes, it, Blackbeard, <laughs> who can move his boat with the handle of his sword, his magic sword, his, ma- his magic, his, his magic sword. That's the perfect. There was no explanation around it. Yeah, no. we don't. Nobody tells us about the sword. We don't know why the sword can do that. Really, I mean, there's. I mean, there's zombies in this movie. There are zombies in this movie. They zomb. He zombifies members of his crew, which. Yep. Okay. <laughs> he zombifies members of his crew. Um, we get mermaids. Yeah. We get mermaids in this yeah. movie. We get the introduction of mermaids. Which, uh, the only movie to feature mermaids. <laughs> I just want to be very clear. The only movie to feature mermaids. Uh, you know, look, and I'm not. I'm, we'll talk to mermaids when we get there. Yeah. I have some thoughts on it, but like I, I think uh, there's a lot of new. Intro- it, it almost feels like to me the previous three installments had like enough fantasy to make it interesting. This movie feels like let's really load on the fantasy. And it almost yeah. makes it like I don't like watching this. Well, I'm okay. Um, I'm okay with the fantasy elements. I I am too, but, but it almost but it, feels it, like too much. But but that but the big thing is that there's an actual person here. There's a, there's a historical figure controlling his ship with the handle of his sword. Yeah. And you're you're kind of watching it, going, I I don't know why yeah. this historical. It's like Abraham this, Lincoln Vampire Slayer. <laughs> it's like Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer, and uh, yeah, to take Blackbeard and say, okay, let's make him this mystical figure now, but let's intersparse the fantasy elements into his character. To me, that's just kind of like that. You're you're taking away from what Blackbeard is. You know, Blackbeard yeah. is a, an actual pirate that we know existed. I think the legend of Blackbeard in itself is enough. To play with or to have its own story. Yes. And when you're throwing it into a Pirates of the Caribbean movie, we've already established this world, and it just it does it does. But we're also not even getting Blackbeard in his prime. Yeah. We're getting Graybeard essentially. <laughs> I mean, he's at the end of his life. Yeah. He's like, I need the Fountain of Youth because I want to keep living. It's not even a good Blackbeard yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. I'm like, it's not. It's not like this is Blackbeard where Jack and Blackbeard are going toe to toe. It's it's an old decrepit Blackbeard controlling yeah. his ship going. Find me the fountain of youth because I'm dying, and you're like, oh my god. Well, the big thing is like it, it, it is like it, it, this is supposed to be expanding the world, but it doesn't feel like it's expanding the world. It feels like it feels like they plopped Jack Sparrow out of a Pirates of the Caribbean movie and put him into another different, like another Pirates just movie. It feels like they took. I'll tell you what it tells. It, it feels like they took Jack Sparrow out of. 
his fictional world and tossed him in another fictional world and said, it'll work. Well, they kind of did. They, well, so, they did. No, we'll they talk about that. Did. Yeah. We'll talk about that, but because uh, uh, that uh, title on Stranger Tides is uh, for a reason. But, um, well, it was a book. It was a book. I do yeah. know this. Yes. It was a book. Yeah, yeah. I know it was based so, on a book. Yeah, I mean, this you, Well, you mentioned, actually. Yeah. You said that they, they Disney went ahead and bought these rights because they were so excited about it. Yeah, well, they bought the... We'll get there. Okay, That's okay, fun okay, fact. okay. So, yeah. I'll say that. I, I always get so excited to drop my phone. I know, facts, I know. I'm so sorry. These days, I don't have that many, so I'm trying to, like, hold on to... I'm trying hold to really on to grip it to your chest. I understand. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot here, and it is it is a weird it's a weird movie to talk about. Yeah, I think it's a good and bad, but yeah, it is it is just weird. But I think the word for this is whether it's good or bad. I think it's I think it's unnecessary. Yes, it really, for is. sure, it's but an do unnecessary. Do you want to? Uh, Want to jump in? I'm ready to uh, dive into the mermaid-infested waters. Cast away and just uh, head out into open waters. I want to dive into mermaid-infested waters. Yes, <laughs> I said that. Yeah, that's what I want. All right, so uh, sing me your siren song. <laughs> <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides, uh, the fourth film in the series. Uh, release date May twentieth, two thousand eleven. Mm-hmm. Going for that summer money. So uh, four years after the release of the previous movie. So it's it, been... Isn't that a little telling too? Yeah. Four years after the ending yeah. of that trilogy. Well, Dead Man's Chest was three years after uh, yes. Curse of Black Pearl, but they were working on it for quite they a while. They were working on it for a while. It feels like when that movie came out, they jumped pretty much into pre-production on that movie in 04. I mean, yeah. it wasn't like they were waiting. I mean, they did jump right in. Yeah. But directed by Rob Marshall. That's a name we're mi- well. Big thing here, we're missing Mr. Gore Verbinski. No Gore Verbinski. No Gore Verbinski. Now Rob Marshall, what he does here is really boring. <laughs> I, I, like I'm not gonna sugarcoat this. I th- I think it's a really boring movie, and I think you said it best. I I, I miss Gore Verbinski when I yeah. watch this movie. That's how I feel. I watch this movie and I go, I really miss Gore Verbinski. I'm like, where's where's the swinging camera? Where's the crazy action sequences? Yeah. Where is the on set location? I just feel like I've been taken out of the Pirates of the Caribbean world and put yeah. into another one. Like, it, you know what it feels like? It feels like Rob Marshall was directing another franchise. Pirates franchise on his own while Gore Verbinski was doing this and this movie feels like a crossover between the two of the two and for whatever reason Rob Marshall was the one picked to direct well I mean look I think I think Rob Marshall on his own is a he is an interesting director like what's he got so his filmography is not that extensive at least as his films but uh it is very based in like musicals interesting He's, so it has uh 2002 first credit chicago oh wow so okay. uh then uh Memo- memoirs of a geisha okay very critically acclaimed sure. film nine the, mm-hmm. the musical nine yeah uh then pirates of the caribbean on stranger times so wow that's okay <laughs> but he's also done um into the woods mary poppins returns huh. and he's going to be doing the little mermaid the live action little mermaid so oh my god wow very so he's he, musical he, heavy he's big he's big into film musicals that yeah. sounds like that's his yeah, thing which that is, sounds like his bread and butter yeah interesting well it was, yeah. i i i don't know if that translated very well on stranger tides <laughs> um that's very interesting that he was the yeah. guy chosen to direct an action a summer action blockbuster yeah movie. I, I i don't think that it doesn't mean like uh, to sit here and say like uh, is he a bad director i don't think so based off no, of no, that no. so i don't think no, no, I, no, no. I know you're not i know you're not i know you're not 
I'm <laughs> I'm not calling him a bad director. I'm calling it a boring movie. No, no, no. And I'm putting that on his shoulders. No, of course. I mean, the director has to take the brunt of the criticisms. But I, I know you're not. I'm not saying that you're not. I'm <laughs> saying I'm not going to sit here and say he's a bad director because sure. looking at that, he seems to be very talented and has. Right. A way to because I like I liked Mary Poppins Returns I liked Into the Woods sure I liked what I saw of Chicago I haven't uh-huh. seen all of it I haven't seen Memoirs of a Geisha so I think that uh, you know um, he is an interesting director he's a he's a talented director but I I think that he has a a niche maybe like the, you know yeah. those, those musicals and uh, I don't know if uh, this was the, exactly the direction to go right it is an odd choice I guess he wanted to try something different uh, yes by, but... by taking tackling this uh, movie but I just I don't think he was the bit, the best fit and especially like like you said like the big thing is that like Gore Verbinski is not here and, and when you're trying to take somebody who was very active in and I don't know what Rob Marshall did or didn't do for the sure. making of this movie but Gore Verbinski like we you watched a little bit of that uh, 25 minute documentary he's very too. into he was very like invested. casting of like people who were on screen for five seconds he was there yeah teaching them what to do how to do it like yes he's very invested in all that he was there he was present he, he he's very hands-on and yes. and i just get the vibe of like watching this movie that like Ron marshall cares you know what i mean sure and he but it doesn't not to the he's not going to the extent of of a Gore Verbinski, and look, yeah. maybe I'm wrong. I have no idea, but it, that I don't get the vibe. You know what I mean? Like, and Gore Verbinski just had a particular vision for these movies that I don't think that anybody really shared. You know what right. I mean? Like, I don't think Rob Marshall had the vision. That's what it is. Yeah, I don't think he shared that same vision that Verbinski had. Like, I, I think he was more of a let me just come in, do the job, and I, it feels to me very. Um, and I'm sure you know Gore Verbinski did stick to his script too, but it feels like he was given kind of. Also, not a not a great script, mm-hmm. and he very much stuck to that script. Like it feels like there wasn't a lot of sequences in here where it felt creative to the level that Gore Verbinski was yeah. working at. You know, and that's and that's the biggest flaw with this movie is that it's not directed by but Gore Verbinski. I also wonder. I th- it seems again in that documentary that we and you saw you, mm-hmm. you saw definitely saw this part. Gore Verbinski demanded that of his writers. Yes, you know he get he's get something that he doesn't feel is satisfactory, and he's like, I know I need you to do better. Yeah, you know, and they're like, well, that's not really the script. Whatever, he's I I don't care. I need the actual script. Yes. I need you to do better. And yes. then, but then a complimentary when he gets it, and it's what he wants. This is perfect. I'm thank you so much. I appreciate. Yes. it. Sorry about the the inconvenience sure. or whatever. Maybe Rob Marshall wasn't that way. I again. I have no idea, right? But I, I think that I, I think the best way it seems to me is that Rob Marshall was like, I'm gonna make a pirate movie, right? Right. I'm just gonna make a pirate movie, whenever. This fun popcorn pirate movie. And Gore Verbinski is like, I'm gonna make the best movie I can make. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna make this action adventure epic. Like right. real, like he is trying to make these big epic movies, but also the end all be all for pirates. Movies. Yeah, just yeah. the best pirate movie that uh-huh. we can make. And Rob Marshall is like, we're gonna make a fun pirate movie. Yeah. You know, so yeah. and you, you, but you miss a lot of Verbinski touches here. Yeah. I mean, this a lot of this doesn't feel as much on location. Like, well, specifically with water stuff, there's a lot of land. There's a lot, of, going a lot on. of land stuff. There's here, a yeah. lot of land stuff going. And on. I bet I would be willing to bet that that was probably that was probably a Disney. note from Disney saying it's difficult to film on water. Let's keep it on land as much Since as we Gore's can. Since Gore's not here anymore, <laughs> we have this new director. Yeah, we're going to do a, a lot of it in studio. If you have to go on set or on location, 
we can, but we'd like to keep a lot of it in studio. And yeah. it felt like that. Even some of these open water sequences felt like I'm watching it and I'm like, they're clearly in like a water tank, just mm-hmm. like on the ship. Like, you know, like a lot of like the dark water scenes, I'm assuming was so you couldn't tell that they weren't on open water. Yeah. This is the first one that felt very produced. Does yeah. that make sense? No, it does. And and that like that whole Fountain of Youth sequence feels like a set. You know what yes. I mean? And, and again, maybe you were wrong. I don't know. But uh, there's no like big making up documentary for me to see yeah. to show that. To show I, I that. wonder why. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, there's no documentary where you're watching um, McNally, Kevin R. McNally <laughs> in a cave, going, "It's really cold in here." Like you know, it's like clearly they're on a they're on a I'm sure a well ventilated set. Yeah, and everybody's comfortable, and they're just like, "Okay, let's shoot the uh, yeah. Fountain of Youth today." Yeah, well, I, I would be willing to bet the Korvinsky's like, "We're gonna go find, we're gonna go find the Fountain of Youth. Like, we're gonna go, we're yeah. gonna go film with the actual He's Fountain like, of we're Youth." We're going to search caves to find water dripping on some cool rock formation, and that's going to be it. Very clearly here, that's not No, no, no. he's going to find the actual fountain. Yeah, that you're right. He'll go to the end of the earth to find the fountain of youth. Uh, yeah, it's so uh, yeah. Ron Marshall, uh, um, not necessarily a bad job, but but not not an elevated uh, yes. director directing uh, job here. Maybe I think. maybe a very yes man director. I Ma- I, well, I, and I don't even think that because again, I think that I think his his filmography. Would you say then a safe choice? Well, safer than Gore Verbinski in the sense that Disney could say we want a lot of this in the studio, yes and, and no. he's like, okay, I feel like a safe choice for like a pirate movie would be like Spielberg. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, that's true. That's true. So, but I think like the fact that he's like a <laughs> hook, musical hook director. Two. Yeah, I feel like he's like a musical director that they hired to do like an adventure movie. Like I think that that like he is trying something new. Sure. He's not doing, and he didn't make this a musical. You know what I mean? Like, but I just uh, could you imagine? <laughs> Could you imagine if this was a musical? On Stranger Tides was a musical. Blackbeard has a whole song he comes out to. He's like, oh, my boys. And he comes out, he's doing a whole thing. He swings I got my magic sword. <laughs> I'm dying. It's just like this whole thing. Like, it would be incredible. Ships in a bottle. <laughs> oh, my God. We got to talk about the ships in a bottle. I was angry about that. But yeah, yeah, it, it, you know, not the best, but not, not the worst job here, I think. But uh, written by Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio. So, uh, the returning. The, these are the returnees. They worked on all the, mm-hmm. the previous three, and they're back here. I'm, I feel like every week I'm becoming less and less of a fan of this I'm not guys. a fan of this movie. So, And look, <laughs> of all the people who should have written a better script and something that, you know, these are the returning guys behind the scenes, it almost feels like they wrote a boring script because Gore Verbinski wasn't there to challenge them. Or say, I need something more or something better. Or maybe they were hiding the script the whole time and just turned it in last minute. And maybe they didn't have that pushback from Rob Marshall going, I need a script. Yeah. I think they 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 got lost in like the idea of like you know like the the elements that were kind of from the book and they, and the, by no means am I trying to say that this is an adaptation of the book just with Jack Sparrow on it because it is very much not like mm-hmm. the book from what I understand I did a lot of research but uh, just a couple core things but it does seem like they kind of got distracted by those core elements like the Fountain of Youth right Blackbeard and they got caught up in that stuff but instead of like oh what what let's do something completely different you know mm-hmm. what I mean like what if what if Jack Jack had just gone like I mean Jack. They already established here has had been to the Fountain of Youth already. Apparently, 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 yeah. But did not but use guess, the Fountain of Youth because he didn't know how to do it. I'm assuming he didn't have the chalices at the time. Yeah, even though they're on the island. Yes, even though they're on the island. But remember, you have to have the chalices and you have to have the tear of the tear. And he didn't know that. Stuff. And he didn't know that. He just yeah. found it. Yeah. But didn't know how to actually. Uh, 
I suppose, use it correctly. But then how did he get... I don't know. That's a whole thing. Because you you need the, you need the words that are on the chalices to get into the... Cause I guess he didn't get into the actual fountains, but he found like the area where it was. I sure. Guess. Maybe he found the island it was on and was like, this is where it is. But again, he's... Why does he need the map? Yeah, I don't know. I don't it's know. all very confusing. It's, it is very... They, they don't make that very clear. But yeah, that shows... It, it, this is a very, again, sloppily written, kind of messy movie. Yep. They don't, Things are not made clear. Yep. They do a good job of capturing the spirit of Jack Sparrow. Uh, I, I, I I will give them their credit. Yeah. They're very... Like, I, and you had said last week that you were like, oh, I, I actually think this is very consistent. I think this is a very yeah. consistent Jack. And I will... And next week, we're going to have more of a talk about <laughs> <laughs> yes. where Jack goes. But that's because I think they're not writing it. No. But yeah. on this one, because they're still writing it, they do still very much understand who Jack is, yeah. and they keep to that spirit. And that is one of the good things about yes. this movie. I will say that. They keep Jack consistent, and I, I appreciated that. Yeah, I do want to take that back, because I was basing off of watching the movie, have, not having watched the movie in a couple of mm-hmm. years, but remembering feeling like, uh, like eh, about the movies, right. and thinking that, and I guess because of... That Jack I was, was, I was remembering the fifth one right. and thinking that he was that way in the fourth one, but no, he is. He does feel like Jack, so I give him the credit there. But yeah, yeah I just think that there's there's better options for a story here, more adventures they could have gone on. And yep. I think they went down a weird pathway. So. They absolutely did. It's a weird, weird movie, and it feels. And I mean, on Stranger Tides, kind of is the right title. But it's just unfortunate that it is really boring. Yeah. And that it's not that interesting of a story. You know, it, it, it I just, really struggled to get through this. I did yeah. too. I mean, and it's it's long. I mean, yeah. well, it's not long. You know, it's not. It's the shortest of the I don't, four. I don't, think, yeah. I, I don't think we can say it's long because I'm like, but like, it feels longer than it is. It's two twenty altogether. Yeah. It feels a little longer than it than it should. I it's guess. not and, the best paced. No. Right. But uh, let's move on to uh, budget. Yes. Uh, budget. You said this one costs a lot of money. <sighs> So, <laughs> from what I could find, uh-huh. is I have a couple of different things, and I have a little explanation here. But uh, so gross, the gross overall budget on this movie okay. uh, is listed. If you look this up, is four hundred and ten point six million dollars. No, that's what is listed. Now there is a net budget, okay, of three hundred and seventy eight point five million dollars. Because what? Be- no, well that means so they got a tax break. So but that's still yeah, a lot of it's money. Still a lot. This, if you Google. What is the most expensive movie of all time? It, it says it's this. this. Movie. They say this movie. Oh my God. Now, what I was trying to say last week, I kind of got into this last week a little bit. Because even when I was doing my research, they're like, oh, we tried to cut back on the budget to make things. So I'm like, well, you cut back on the budget, but it's bigger. <laughs> so Disney never came out and said what the budget is. Okay. There was one article that listed the budget at this. Now, what this may be is what I was saying is that we've always talked about. The budget is one thing, and then the overall total budget is probably double that, okay. right? So that the budget, if it's two hundred million dollars, it says two hundred million dollars for budget. Probably the whole thing probably costs around four hundred million dollars, right. but it only costs the movie to be made itself around two hundred million dollars. Yes, this sounds like this four hundred and ten point six million dollars may have been. The overall budget, which means the movie Including itself the probably only cost around two hundred million dollars. Around two hundred million, and they're like, this but is- that's but <laughs> it's not specified that. Okay. So, and if literally, if you type in the word into Google, what is the most expensive movie ever made? It literally says Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. So I'm just listing the facts that I was given. Okay. Because nobody has ever. It's it's very possible. 
that this, this is just the... Be. Well, no, it's very possible this could be the overall, yeah. including marketing. Yes. But it's also very possible that, this that could just... it cost $410 yeah. million dollars to make this movie. So some factors that lead me to believe why... Like why it could have cost that uh-huh. much. Johnny Depp received $55 million for the movie. Of course he did. Yeah. Um, he got a payday. The production consisted of almost 900 people, mm-hmm. which is pretty consistent, I think, for those pirate movies. Sure. Uh, the film was shot almost completely in 3D rather than post-converting the film. Oh. So shot like, the, like Avatar. So they shot the movie in 3D instead of, yeah. Why was this in 3D? Because it, this they, movie does not look like this it is, should be. This in 3D. is the well. There's a couple sword sequences uh, that's pointing at the screen. I'm, yeah, that's not enough. <laughs> if you're pointing a sword, but, at well, me in I 3D, think that's they were, I think this is definitely the, well, obviously this is two years after Avatar. So this is they're the kind, area where everybody's doing 3D. They're trying to get on top of that, and they're like, "Let's keep." But because I'm guessing the film, the movie wasn't filmed at the time of Avatar. They were like, "Well, let's just get the 3D technology." Right. And because a lot of movies did, they do like there's so there's what's called post conversion 3D, okay. which is a movie's already shot, but they put 3D into they it put after. 3D into it afterwards. It was shot on regular cameras. Right. They put 3D in it afterwards, and they do it with like Harry Potter and the Deathly House Part Two sure. was done that way. Uh, a lot, a lot of them right. were done that way. They film it on a regular cameras. They put a basically a, a post conversion uh, 3D filter, more or less, right. on it to make it 3D. But it kind of dims the overall effect of the movie, makes right. the movie look a little bit darker, uh, which is why I think that those battle sequences in Are Deathly Hallows Part Two were hard to see. Right, right. And but then you can get actual 3D cameras or the technology to film in actual right. 3D, and it seems like this—that's how they that's filmed. What they did. From what I could read, that's how they filmed this movie, hmm. which is the better way to do it. It's the better 3D, sure. Which doesn't—it doesn't add just the, the 3D effects. Like you know, the big thing about 3D is not just like oh, we're pointing things at the screen at your face. It gives the depth. Right of it all, the the it makes everything stand out and look sure. and look, and I'm, I imagine that this probably looked beautiful. Yeah, I'm sure in, it did in theaters. In 3D. Did Disney own Avatar at this point? No, they okay. did not. No, um, they only just owned it when they bought Fox. They made a they made a park deal, but they didn't own Avatar. Oh, yeah. okay, I didn't know that. Gotcha. Uh, similar to like Warner Brothers owns Harry Potter, but Universal has the theme park. Right, right. So they, you make a park deal, but not own the movie. Right, okay, um, gotcha. Yeah, it's a big thing, but like I said, the film did receive a 20% tax break credit because it filmed in the UK, which gave it, let it go down a little bit. Okay, so, cool. Which, that that makes me think that that might be the overall, like, like complete yeah, budget, marketing absolutely. included, because I would imagine they just took... 20% off the whole thing. And I mean, it's, it it's also, out, this movie doesn't look like $410 million to put into it. <laughs> I'll just be honest. This does not look like a $410 million movie. Johnny Depp took $55 million. Jeffrey Rush took $40 million. <laughs> yeah. Ian McShane took a $20 lot of it, million. A lot of it was just salaries. Penelope Cruz took $30 million. <laughs> A lot of it's uh, salaries. Uh, but... Uh, I think that paid off because it said a box office of $1.046 billion. No, it didn't. It did. Really? This made a billion dollars. People, so, wow. Wow. That's really shocking, yep. actually. So people showed up for the Pirates movie. Yeah. People love Pirates. No, I, you're right. I didn't realize this made it. <laughs> I didn't realize that, especially after, like, World's End where it, it hit, I mean, again, it hit $900 million. That, like, that makes me really double down on my theory that it was the runtime. It yes, was the runtime. It was probably that, the yeah. runtime. The fact that this, wow, holy cow, I didn't know this made a billion. Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger That's Pies. why we got a fifth movie. Because That's it made why a we got a fifth dollars. movie, because it made a billion dollars. Disney looked at that and said, 
Well, we got to make another one now. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Wow. That's a yeah. that's big summer money. Yeah, it is. I didn't realize. Oh, yeah. my God. Uh, but uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Let's look at some Rotten Tomatoes scores. This score is low. I know it is. Uh, critics, uh, rotten at 33%. Yep, I knew it. Super low. Uh, do you agree with that? I don't know, but I would... We, again, 30, 33 seems really, really low. Again, I know that, uh, you know, we, I always like to reiterate every now and then that mm-hmm. a Rotten Tomatoes, just because that's a 33% score, they're not saying it's a 33 out of 100. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, as we've said. Yeah. It's well, just, well, no, but it, yeah, it doesn't mean it's a 33 out of 100. It means yes. that out of however many critics, critics reviewed it. There are only 33% of the amount of critics that found reviewed a positive it, found review. a po- had wrote a positive review. Yes. Whether that could be, if it was 100 critics, then that means only 33 wrote a positive yes. review. If it's probably in the hundreds to maybe even thousands. I, 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 I would think it's probably in the, like, yeah. The, I, actually, I don't know if it's in the thousands. But probably high high hundreds. High hundreds, close to 200 probably, yeah. I would think, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so 33%. So I would say, um, I mean, I, I would I'd, I'd probably give this a rotten score no i would too but 33 is low to me like i would say i'm surprised more people didn't more critics didn't take to this yeah i Mm. i like when i see this movie to me 50 yeah maybe like a 50 percent like i can see half people really half the critics really liking it the other half being like it's not my thing yeah yeah well i think i think too though i think at this point people like even with dead man's chest and mm-hmm. at world's end they were both rotten like critics especially which, which were, is shocking yeah shocking. critics ascent especially were very uh down on the pirates movie so yeah, i'm think, not I, super surprised there's some critics low. that i just think uh don't like movies <laughs> <laughs> like i don't I'm, understand how you watch pirates well, dead the, man's chest and walk away from it i know this isn't dead man's chest but no like, but it's crazy to walk away from that movie and just be like, oh, what a bad movie. Like, how? How well, is this a bad movie? There are definitely critics that, and this is not everybody, and unfortunately these types of critics ruin it for a lot of people, yeah. that just do things to be contrarian, right? Like right. the people that, there are people who are like, oh, given Morbius like four and a half star scores or whatever. Like, there's the big, there's... It's an, so different. Yeah, or yeah. like there, there's the infamous guy, I don't know his name, and I don't even, I don't even want to give him the attention, but like I remember in 2010... In like the same week, a guy gave uh, Toy Story three a negative score, and right. he gave Jonah Hex a positive score. Right. The the, the terrible Josh Brolin DC comics right. movie, which everybody hated. Yes. And he and he was like the only person for a long time on Rotten Tomatoes who gave a negative. It was the only reason why Toy Story three for a long time didn't have a hundred percent. Right. And he he gave it a negative score. Yeah. Because he gave Jonah Hex the same week. Yeah. A positive. And clearly, clearly that to me when I hear that 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 is. I want attention. Yeah, that you're, seems like you're attention looking grabbing. to be different. You're looking to be different. You're yeah. looking for some sort of attention. Like, look at my reviews. Yeah, for, it sounds like clickbait. Yeah, and then, but I think that ruins it for the critics who genuinely just either liked or didn't like a movie. You right. know what I mean? Like, I it you know so because you don't have to like again. No, I no, you really don't have to like on Stranger Tides no. or Dead Man's Chest or, or at World's Chest End or at World's yeah. End. But like, don't ruin it for everybody. To just to be a contrarian. If you don't enjoy it, at least like give me a list of explicit reasons why you didn't enjoy it. And we're going to. So and we're going to. <laughs> right. But an audience, uh, rotten at fifty four percent. Woo! Audiences didn't love this yeah, either. They weren't, they weren't. They weren't into it. I get it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, I I think I'm in that. Uh, I think I am in that other percentile of yeah. not enjoying it. But um, you know, yeah, I get it. Uh, well, let's talk about the cast, my friend. Let's do it. So, uh, starring Johnny Depp as. Jack Sparrow, mm. Penelope Cruz as Angelica, Ian McShane as Blackbeard, Jeffrey Rush as Barbosa, Kevin McNally as Joshamy Gibbs, Sam Claflin as Philip Swift, and Astrid Burgess Frisbee as Serena, the mermaid. Yep. 
So we have well, only, we'll f- just very quickly, three returning cast members. Yes. Crazy. Yep. Just want to point that out quickly. But yep. I know we had, we had a little uh, announcement here. Yes, and he's not. So one of them's not on here, but we have uh, not one, but two cast members of this movie. Who are joining. Are joining our uh, multi-franchise Hall of Fame. Yes. Uh, big my, deal. my friend, who who who's who's the first? The so first the first one, one is uh, one you listed. It is Mr. Ian McShane. Yes. Um, Ian McShane, who plays Blackbeard in this movie, also appears in Shrek Three. <laughs> Shrek the Third. Shrek the Third. Boo. Boo. Absolutely boo. <laughs> As funny enough, Captain, Captain Hook. <laughs> so <laughs> he's he's getting in. For two pirate roles that he's played, we are typecasting Ian McShane as a pirate here, but hey, he chose to do it. The other actor, and this is actually probably the one I'm more excited about, <laughs> is uh, Mr. Richard Griffiths, Yes, who has a very small role in this movie. One scene role. One yeah. scene role in this movie, kind of a cameo deal in a way, yeah. um, as a King... King George. King George. I don't know the number. King it's George. a very over-the-top performance, yes. but I really liked it, uh, but as everyone may uh, know him as more, Uncle Vernon from the <laughs> Harry Potter franchise. Yes. yes. So, so very uh, exciting. So This goes into what I was saying, I think was it last week, that uh, Pirates is just a fran- multi-franchise yeah. uh, feeding machine. It's a like, feeding machine. We're going to be coming back to these movies oh, we are. a lot yes. to tag people. But very it. quickly, Ian McShane, Richard Griffiths, welcome. Yeah, welcome. welcome. <laughs> Congratulations. You join... Uh, Quite a list. I think it's getting to be quite a bit of... It's a lot of people. I don't have the list in front it's, of me. Well, so let's see if we can remember. Oh, it's, I don't... Uh, it's man. John Lithgow. Yes. John Cleese. John Cleese. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Uh, Helena Bonham Carter. Yes. Freddie Stroma. Yes. And uh, Bill Nye. Bill Nye. Yes. And I think that's it. And now Ian McShane and now Richard Ian McShane Griffiths. We really need to write this down. I'm, so I'm going remember. to. I'm yeah, going to. Because at some point we're going to be like, uh, it's his part. It's his part. I don't remember the rest. Like, we're going to get to that point. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Freddie Stroma's in there somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, um, two great actors joining our uh, multi-franchise Hall yeah. of Fame. And, you know, I will, I will even talk about Richard Griffiths really, really quickly. It's a fun little cameo It's a role. really fun cameo role. He's, he's super, like... Chewing scenery. He's chewing scenery. He's over the top. He's flamboyant. And it's really enjoyable. Yeah. Because you... Especially when you have that foil of, like, what he does as Uncle Vernon... And then you get to see him do this, and it's like, oh, this guy's great. Yeah. And he's got, like, he's got, like, the powdered face, he's got the wig on, it's just, it's so much fun. And this is coming right at the end of Harry Potter. Yes. You know, so. So he's kind of, like, riding off that success. Yeah. Um, it, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I'm really glad that, like, he was able to show up for this and yeah. be able, because it looks like he worked for, like, one day. Oh, yeah. But, dude. He's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, let's uh, let's work our way through the cast. Again, there's more people in here I haven't really talked. There's somebody plays. Uh, I haven't mentioned anything in the f- casting or fun fact somewhere. The guy who plays Scrum. He's a nice little like extra yeah, little pirate, or whatever. But uh, working our way through the main uh, cast, or the people I have at least mentioned, uh, Astrid Burgess Frisbee. Uh, I apologize if I butchered that. As Serena the Mermaid. Serena the Mermaid. Um, I guess it's a good time to talk about mermaids. Yeah. Um, uh, well, very quickly, her performance. It's fine. It's fine. I think they were using her and the guy who plays Philip as kind of the Will Turner Elizabeth yes. Swan deal. Like They're, they were meant they to need be a lo- the romance love story. Thing. Yes. It's just weird to me. <laughs> like I don't think it works that well. How does that story end? Is is there anything after she drags him into she, the water? Uh, she drags him into the water. Is that it? Oh my god, I don't know. I, I think that's, that's it. Like- <laughs> I don't know what happens. She's like, I can save you, but you need yes. to give yourself to me. And then she drags maybe, him into the maybe water. Maybe he becomes then... a merman. 
I don't I don't know. I really don't know. I know he gets dragged into the water and then I don't think we see him again. No, but it's not the post No, it's not the post credit scene. scene. No. The post credit scene is Penelope Cruz. Yeah. So I don't think we see him again. But um <laughs> yeah, she's she's fine. Um I guess she does what she has to she do. She doesn't have any lines. She doesn't have any lines. It's kind of whatever. Um again the romance is weird to me. I don't think it works that much. That guy the guy's also like a priest or something, isn't he? Is he's it? a missionary. He's yeah. a missionary. Big problem. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh let me just very quickly uh mermaids. I really like the scene when the mermaids attack. I think that scene slaps. Yeah. I, I really think it's great. I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is kind of like a horror element vibe. I think that yeah. really works, and I'm like, I like this a lot. Uh, but most of the stuff of the mermaids, I, I'm really, I'm really not invested in. Like once they keep coming back to it, I'm like, okay, this is this is a lot. There's yeah. a lot of mermaids. I, I it's do, like they have a war with the mermaids in this movie, and I'm yeah. like, oh my god! Like, I, I do want to take this time too to say that um, the, the when they start the, introducing the mermaids, uh-huh. there's a mermaid that comes up. I want to uh, that mermaid is not is not Amanda Seyfried. It looks. It looks remarkably like remarkably <laughs> like Amanda Seyfried. It's not Amanda Seyfried. I double checked. I looked it up, and yeah. literally this article just said, "No, it is that not, is not Amanda Seyfried. She is not in Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. It is not her." Um, it, it, it is a very, like, it is like looking at a doppelganger of yeah. her, though. because my wife's like, close. Amanda Seyfried? And I'm like, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, like pre-big fame. No, well, she would have been uh, blown up around this time. She sure. Yeah. And but she yeah. already had Mamma Mia at this point. Mm-hmm. She already had Mamma Mia. Okay. Um, <laughs> does it get any bigger? Does it ever get any bigger? Does it get any bigger than that? As we know. We know. Somebody who's a diehard Mamma Mia fan. Does it ever get any bigger than Mamma Mia? Mamma 3 on the way. That's all I'll say. Hopefully one day. <laughs> but this is a really... Uh, it, the role's fine. The mermaids are great. I yeah. like that mermaid scene. The mermaid attack. Yeah, that the mermaid attack scene. is... It, is, um, is but yeah, right, it's, it's she's, she's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, then we can talk about um, Sam Claflin as a Philip Swift. Yes, her uh, lover. Yeah. Uh, again, weird role. Like, he's this missionary yeah. who shows up. Is kind well, he's, of, he's stuck. He was captured by... When I say uh, shows up, I mean, like, he's... he's. I know. He's on Blackbeard's ship, and Blackbeard doesn't like religious people. So he <laughs> throws him up on the uh, uh, near the crow's nest and just leaves him up there. But, um, yeah, r- remarkably ripped. That missionary's <laughs> in shape. When he took off his shirt, I'm like... What the heck is this? I was like, look at this guy. He's ripped. I'm like, this missionary works out. Unrealistic expectations. Unrealistic. We all know missionaries will probably be like a skinnier guy, but he's like this ripped missionary. And I'm like, what is this? But um, (laughs) it's enjoyable. Uh, Again, the romance between these two characters doesn't really work for me. It's generic. It's very generic, but it's generic almost to an upsetting point, especially when you're coming off of the Will and Elizabeth romance from the past three movies. That was very passionate. It was very passionate. It, It goes over three movies it's it, it's passionate it's sexy it just it works really well and then you get to this and it just feels like it feels like copy and pasted from the worst rom-coms you've ever yeah. seen and you're like oh what what happened here the and point just, that we don't know how it ends we don't even know how it ends i mean he gets dragged in the water and we never see him again or if we do we don't remember we don't remember i don't <laughs> email us let us know what happens um but like it's it, it's not a good romance um his performance is is fine i thought when he got his throat cut he doesn't. He doesn't actually. I thought they killed him. I was like, I was like, oh, are they doing that? I, I was like, oh my god, are they actually doing this? Like, I've are they seen killing this, this guy? movie, and I thought the same thing. I thought I was like, oh, are they actually killing this guy? I was like, that's a bold move. I like this. And then he gets up, and I'm like, oh, of course. And then I went, oh wait, it's Disney. But there's also they wouldn't allow that. There's also the very awkward 
uh, and I don't know if this is editing, I don't know what it is, but, like, they're in the Fountain of Youth. We watch them go into... Yeah. Like, they have to physically, like, enter, the, they, like, go up. Yep. They Like, they're in, like, a room with a ceiling, and they go, like, into the ceiling, basically. And yes, they, they come do. out of, like, the water into the Fountain of Youth. Yes. And he's in the Fountain of Youth. He sure is. And then he gets stabbed. Uh-huh. And he runs away, and he somehow... Finds his way out. Out of the Fountain of Youth. To where she To is, where she was. Tied to was, the rock. From what I remember... Not that close. It was not a uh, accessible place. It was not very accessible from where they were. You're absolutely right. And he's running while stabbed. Yeah. He I made... mean, he covered he covered some ground while stabbed. I'm like, that's gotta hurt. And then, uh, yeah, and then she pulls him into the water. Yeah. And we never hear from these characters for the rest of the movie. We don't know if he's a merman. We don't know if she gives him the ability to breathe underwater. Wait till Pirates of the Caribbean 6. <laughs> Is that what they're doing? Pirates of the Caribbean 6, <laughs> Return of the Mermaid? What, what do they do? Like, it's just, I don't get it. Yeah. But anyway, it, it's fine. His performance is fine, but it's just very generic. And yeah, um, yeah I, I was I was very kind of just not tuned into that yeah. part of the movie. Uh, well, moving on, we have a fan favorite of ours, or sure. a favorite of ours, uh, Kevin McNally as Gibbs. Love him. I'm glad that he's finally on the list. He will be next week too, which is very exciting. I think he was in the first... List too. I, I think, think he was on the first one as well, but um, it's it's really nice to see him in this. Um, not crazy about his story, kind of separating him from Jack most yeah. of the movie and putting him with Barbosa. The, the entire scene movie. in the beginning of the movie when so he is when he's in court. Well, well, yes. when after Jack saves him from court, which I like that scene. Yeah, yeah. And they're sitting in the carriage being taken away. Yes. They have such just great chemistry. Mm-hmm. But you could tell that they, they probably like each other, like Johnny Depp and get and. Kevin yes. McNally probably actually just generally get along, it yes. seems like. And there's a really good, like, fun back and forth. Uh, and then you, you don't see that until basically the ending of the movie. Yeah, when they're walking on the beach together and you're like, this should have been the movie. Yeah. But once like, you get yeah, once you get back to that, you're like, oh, this is great. But, like, the pro- that's the problem with this movie is instead of... Because Jack doesn't have Will and Elizabeth to work off of and, and Gibbs and Barbosa. It's like they said, let's put Jack in this situation and then let's have these other two fan favorite characters over here interacting. Yeah. And it just doesn't work for me as well. Like, I like I, the chemistry like, between Jeffrey Rush and Kevin McNally. But... That's great. I, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that side story worked very well. I, I, I didn't really... It was, it was unnecessary. I, it was unnecessary, and I, I didn't really like the trajectory they went with Barbosa. I understood why they did it at the end of the movie, because he needed the British Army. It was a trap. It was it, all a trap, tra- but yeah. like... He, it just it doesn't feel exactly right to me, I guess. Yeah. And having Gibbs there just kind of hanging out doesn't feel right. I'm like, Gibbs should have been with Jack the whole time, and it's kind of upsetting he's not, but it is what it is. But his, the performance he does is very, very good. Yeah. He's still, he again, he's another one. Very consistent. Yeah. I, I yeah, I just feel like that Gibbs Jack relationship never hits where it needs to go after those, those those three. Like mm-hmm. it should be like they, they really there's a big respect there. You know what I mean? Like it should be Jack and Gibbs going on adventures together. Basically, yeah. Well, moving on, we have uh, Jeffrey Rush as Barbosa. It's fine. I mean, again, I I don't. I, his performance, I, his performance is, good. is very good. He's still very much Barbosa, but I, I guess I get what they were doing with his character by making him join the British Royal Army, and he's he's got this ship, and he's got all this... Uh, it's jarring when you first see it's it. It's jarring when you first see it. And, uh, he's lost a leg. He's got, like, a peg leg now. He can't, like, walk the way he used to. It's it's all different. Like, they change the character a lot, and that's that's okay, but it is very jarring, and it's almost like they took this, like, really bad 
pirate that we've known from these previous three movies who was like, you know, I mean, in the first movie, he a mutiny against Jack. And in the other two movies, he comes back to life. Well, specifically um, at World's End, he's back to life and he's sailing to the ends of the earth and he's, he's swinging the ship around and he's yelling orders at people. And then in this one, he's just kind of this like, he's very uppity. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's like he's changed completely, and I'm, I just I don't know. I didn't. Well, I, I think didn't really love be, that. He's because he's trying to pull this trick, and he's trying to yes. portray himself as one way, but he is actually still that, and we get to yes. see that at the end, but more. Mm. But it's it's but it's, it's, it's too it's, long. Again, it's yeah. too little, too late. Yeah, it's like Jack and Gibbs walking on the beach. It's too little, it's too, too late. late. No, you're right. You're right. Well, uh, we can talk about the our uh, second uh-huh. uh, multi franchise Hall of Famer, <laughs> uh, Ian McShane as Blackbeard. Great performance. I don't like the use of the character. Don't like the use of the character. Great yeah. performance. I think it's. I think it's great that he's in this as as Blackbeard. Like wonderful. Ian McShane is great. Ian McShane is great. It, the it, performance is very good. Yeah. But the character is so unnecessary to this movie. It's it's just not needed, and I don't think it works. I don't yeah. think the character works in this movie. As good as he is, the character doesn't work in this movie. I just I don't like it. No, I I understand that. Yeah, it, it is. I yeah, it, it's hard because the performance is so good. If this was generic pirate you know whatever if this, if this was just some random person that they that yep. they made a, a character then i would i feel like i would like it more if they but just it, created a pirate yeah for that had this ability i'd buy it but i feel like it is so jarring that like like, like you know this is an actual pirate his actual ship mm-hmm. you know but he has this magical sword he, he has this collection of ships in a bottle that he can yep. he can shrink down ships and capture them in a bottle yep. and he has this magical element about him like i don't i don't i don't love that i don't I, love it and yeah. he's he's and as we've said this is one of the very few movies without the black pearl yeah yeah well, that, yeah, well pearl, we didn't even talk about that the black but. pearl is in a bottle that he's captured yeah and you're like oh this ship that everybody loves isn't even in this movie. that's one of the things too like you watch this movie and you're like things are missing and you're like yeah will's missing yeah yeah uh, elizabeth, elizabeth, is missing. elizabeth is missing the relationship between jack and gibbs or jack and barbosa is, is missing, missing for the most of this movie but the Black Pearl is missing. Is missing. And you're like, wow. It doesn't even really... come out of the bottle yeah. in this movie. Yeah. It's still in the bottle at yeah. the end of this movie. I know. They don't solve it till next week. Yep. And I'm like, this is crazy. I'm like, this entire movie doesn't have the Black Pearl. It's mind-blowing yeah. to me. I'm like, how are you doing a Pirates movie without this legendary ship? Yeah, but I I mean that's the difference. It feels like they were tr- they were intentionally trying to do something different and you can feel that. And Using this historically, an actual historical pirate in this role was not the way to go. No, I, I, I don't, feel, I don't I feel so. the way you feel. Just create a pirate and have him have this ability, because then you and I would buy that quicker yeah. and go, oh, of course this make makes sense. Make Blackbone, you know what I mean? Like Whatever they want to do. I, <laughs> Blackbone, sure. But, like, whatever they want to do. Purple Beard, I don't purple know. Purple Beard, whoever you want. But, like, if you put that in there, and Ian McShane can still play them. Yeah. But you, you just create that pirate. You literally don't have to change much. That's, with, with what yeah. we've seen in this world, I would easily buy that and go, oh, it's mm. just a pirate who's had this ability. I get this. This is and, fine. And, and maybe it's because, like, because like, I think, like, the East India Trading Company was essentially a real thing, too. Yes. And obviously that was played up to be, like, it's a very similar situation. But because I think that's not as well known as, like, Blackbeard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Blackbeard. And Blackbeard's obviously been used in other stuff. Right. But I just feel like I don't know. I just feel like, and and even if like, and this may sound stupid or like nitpicky, but like even if this was the first movie and Blackbeard was a villain in it and it had fantasy elements, yeah, I feel like I'd be okay with it. But sure. because we're 
four movies deep and now you're introducing a historical character yes. like it is weird you know it's, what i mean it's, it, it's it is jarring because yeah. it, but like like the the book on stranger tides has blackbeard in it mm-hmm. i'm sure it's fine <laughs> because that's the as far as I know, that's the first book or the only, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't I think they're sequels, but that's the first book. That's the first story there. Mm-hmm. They can set up with this world and they can have different elements like a fountain of youth and stuff. Right. But they're creating that around that. But because we're so far deep and we've seen all these fictional elements or, you know, even the historical elements are the things that we're not super familiar with, like right. the East India Trading Company. When we get Blackbeard, who is probably the most famous pirate of all Everybody time. Everybody knows his name. Yeah. And was a real person. It is jarring. Yes. It is very jarring. So Yeah, it doesn't work. No. Um, but Ian Machine, you're great. It's a good performance, <laughs> yeah. But uh, Penelope Cruz is Angelica. This is a great character addition to uh, this franchise, yeah. and I really wish they brought her back yeah, um, uh, for Dead Men Tell No Crazy Tales. that they did. I, it's crazy that they didn't, especially with where they leave the character. You're kind of like, why isn't she back? Like, I didn't, yeah. I didn't get it. But she is just excellent. She's... Uh, you know, fiery, <laughs> passionate, I would say. Yeah. Also, like, a sexy, I think yeah. is the word we can use here. Just, like, yeah. you're, you're immediately, like, you have this, she has this gravitas about her. Yeah. You get why Jack would, like, love this woman. But like, again, you, at the same time, similar to Elizabeth Swan, it's not like they... They're not like flaunting it, you know what I mean? Like inappropriately or anything like that. She she just just, is. She has this charisma. She has that charisma that just works, and you get why Jack would fall for her. Of course. But like, I I like where the relationship goes, though, where he's just like, at the end of the day, you're still just a pirate. Yeah. And that this is never going to work. Yeah, I think that we're, it allows us, and I guess this ties to Jack a little bit, but it allows us, she allows us to see a little bit of a different side to Jack Sparrow, which is interesting to see. Right. Kind of the more sentimental side of, uh, of, Jack. of Jack Sparrow, that he actually has feelings for this woman, yes. and kind of because of her reaction um, to the, the choice he makes at the end of the movie, where he he sacrifices Blackbeard to save mm-hmm. her and tricks Blackbeard into doing so, yeah. and she's mad about it. That he kind of has to come to the conclusion that he has no role here; he can't. Yes. It's not going to work, and There's so he has he... to close himself off. Yes. You know, and it, not feelings, stirrings, <laughs> as he says in the movie. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I'm having stirrings, <laughs> and, and gives us like feelings. No, 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 stirrings. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, no, I agree with you. Like she, she has this complex relationship with Blackbeard. You know, so much so that she thinks Blackbeard loves her as a daughter. Yeah, because I think the. the uh, th- this is Blackbeard's daughter. She so yes, they 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 make this. It's kind of murky to me. Like I was like, it, is she or is they she? say that uh, they say in the movie that she is. Yes, and he Treats says she is, such. and she says that he is. And, but they played off for they initially say that she tricked him into thinking that he was her estranged she was his estranged daughter sure but then she says like in a throwaway line no he actually is my father okay so it seems to me like the writers didn't know <sighs> so they just and they were... threw that line in at the end to make to make the ending work or more powerful like or like make that her he more just, upset at the end yes that, because oh you killed my father yeah and yes. that and that he's willing to give up his daughter to do it but if we think that or if we know that she's actually not his daughter then it doesn't work as well yes you know what i mean but it's his decision at the end is upsetting knowing that that is we know that it actually is his daughter but regardless they could have made that clearer they could have made that clearer but also it, it, it even in this complex relationship she has with blackbeard it's like she's almost never she can never see the evil side of him yeah even when he takes that chalice in hopes that he himself can live and sacrifices her, 
thinking he's doing. We that. get like a minute of but her like, kind of like shocked, like shocked, but then but then she, she gets still upset. gets upset, and you're like you're like I don't get this, and then and then earlier that great scene with um, load two pistols and don't tell me which two. And we're just going to play out of six and we're just going to play this game. And, you know, they do the quick pistol thing. And then later she's after Jack jumps the cliff. She's like, you knew. She's like, oh, yeah, you knew which two pistols were. Loaded, and he right? says he did. And he but... goes, of course. He, you know, but, but he no, did. He, he did. did. Like, he's clearly lying. And he's like, I didn't. Like, I would have shot you. Well, and he, like, he says to Jack later, oh, she was never in any harm. But she was. She like, was. We, we like, know it's she this was, complex yeah. relationship. But she is really good. And uh, Penelope Cruz is excellent in this role. And in that post credit scene, when the voodoo doll washes up on the shore, to me, that's an opening for Dead Men Tell No Tales. Yeah. Almost you could use this to comedic effect. Yeah. Even so. And where, like, Jack is kind of, like, out doing something and suddenly he's like grabbing his arm yeah. and you just see her like coming up going Jack Sparrow like stabbing and his well, arm and he's where like they, oh where <laughs> they go in Dead Man Tell No Tales I keep wanting to see Dead Man Chess in Dead Man Tell No Tales it's so close I know I know and where they go in Dead Man Tell No Tales it would almost make sense to reveal that she was behind the whole thing wouldn't because, that make sense because of where he is and we'll talk about that next week yes. but we're definitely going to have to bring her back up to mention that because yes. it would it does make sense but yeah uh, she's a she's but she's great she's a great introduction to this world and she of all of these elements really fits the most of the new elements yes so she's a, she's a great character she blends into this world very well yeah but uh, i guess we can talk about uh jack sparrow himself um the man i mean what is there really to say Look, I, you know? I think we said what we need he's consistent this week yeah he does and we like that I, he's very consistent. He feels like Jack Sparrow. The thing I think we keep hammering home, though, is that this does feel like Jack Sparrow pulled from Pirates of the Caribbean and slapped into another Pirates movie yeah. entirely. That's not that franchise. Yeah. And just kind of said, like, okay, let's do it. It feels like a crossover. Yeah. Almost. Like, and it just, it, it, it's very strange. And as good as Depp is in this role... And he is in this movie. He's very good. You still walk away from it going, ah, man, it's just a little... Yeah. It's still... It, it just doesn't... It, something's not working. Even though he's very good, the story around him is so boring. And it's just... It, it's tough, you know? Yeah. Well, they take away his big interactions with the people, like the characters that he were used to seeing him interact with, yep. right? He doesn't interact with Barbosa until near... You know, very quickly in the beginning. And then more later. Mm -hmm. A little bit with Gibbs in the beginning and then more later. Uh -huh. But like there, you like you said, there's no Will for him to interact with. There's no Elizabeth for him to interact with. There's no Bootstrap Bill or Davy Jones for him to interact with. Right. Like he really has to, and and he gets like Scrum, who I think he has a good like. They have a good yeah. back and forth at some points. Angelica, yeah, and Ange that, of course that's, Angelica. That's a great yeah. chemistry too. But it does it does feel like it is Jack kind of on this different journey. It doesn't feel like a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. It yes. feels like a different Pirates movie. Yes. Um, I did like seeing Jack. As like just a normal member of the crew, like when he gets captured and put onto yes, blackboard, on the blackboard ship. ship, and he has to just like and he causes the and mutiny. he causes the mutiny and all <laughs> he's that. Like, he's yeah. like, we need to do a mutiny, and he's just like doing the whole thing. And then when they, he gets captured, and he goes, "I'd like to report a mutiny." <laughs> yes, yes, I'd like to report a mutiny, and he's just like, "Uh huh," and he's like, "I know who you are." He's like, "Don't, don't do that." Yeah, I do enjoy that too. I like seeing him doing like the grunt work because yeah. you never see Jack doing that. Um, unless it's a thousand Jacks and a thousand and... Jacks together when he's going crazy. <laughs> but it's it's really nice to see this movie where he's put into that situation. And I guess we can say that he officially, I guess, shook dying because there's no extra Jacks popping up. So I guess he shook that Yeah, whole I guess thing. he's over that. Yeah. I guess that's done. I don't know. Um, they were never really clear about it. But he doesn't seem 
Like that's the only thing. He too, doesn't seem disturbed at all. But then none of the people like that are in this movie seem to be really bothered or disturbed or have any feelings about any of the adventures they've already been on. I was going to say, don't you think it's weird that nobody references the fact that like piracy was saved because of At World's End? Yeah, like, like hey, remember like, you are a pirate lord? Hey, like, remember like, like you know, Blackbeard doesn't mention like uh, like hey that whirlpool fight. I heard about it. Pretty yeah. crazy stuff. Like, and it, isn't that weird that like you killed like you killed Calypso? That's pretty wild. It, it, or like an explanation is why Blackbeard himself wasn't a pirate lord. Yes. Like, why was Blackbeard not a pirate lord? Exactly. <laughs> like he would easily. He was like he's a shoe in for a pirate yeah, lord. Unless actually, he, if anything, he should have been the pirate king. Yeah. But like maybe maybe they could have they could have played with like that. He's like the a pirate the pirate of pirates. Sure. Like he's like too like he's so massive. He just takes down. Anybody and everybody, right? Because right. well, he was. I mean, he clearly he is. He was capturing everybody. He's capturing everybody. Maybe so he, like, he's maybe, not. He's not a team player. Maybe he was excommunicated. Yeah. From uh, from the Brethren Court. Isn't it interesting that if you have to go this way, there's all these different isn't, elements it, you could isn't explore. Isn't it pretty crazy that you know we're writing a better movie right now and we're not even <laughs> in this movie is years old? It's God, like, we're so good at this. God, we're so good at this. It's like they literally could have done that. Um, yeah, they they could have done that and they didn't. But uh, no, and I you know I like uh, I like Jack and I, I like. Um, I like the, 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 the thread in the beginning of the movie, too. And this isn't really about him, the character, but, like, where everybody's like, oh, Jack Sparrow's in London putting a crew together. And he's like, I am? Yeah, he's <laughs> like, like, oh, is that what like, I'm And then everybody's like, you know, oh, yeah, Jack Sparrow's putting a crew together. Jack Sparrow. And he's like, I... And, and, he's and, like, and I never... Even, even Richard Griffiths is like, is it true you're in, uh, you know, you're, you're in London putting a crew together? And he's like, I am in London. I'm not putting a crew together. <laughs> That's not what I'm doing here. <laughs> like, well, you're here, though, aren't you? He's like, I mean, I am in London. But, you know... <laughs> not here to put a crew together. Yeah. <laughs> Also, quick shout out: Keith Richards coming back as Captain T. Oh, yeah, it, it why not mention? <laughs> great, he's great. Yeah, he's, he's great. so good. He comes out. It's a quick cameo thing, but yeah. it's really great that he uh, that he did it. Yeah, and we'll be talking about another big uh, musical legend cameo next week. Can't wait to talk about yeah. it. Can't wait to talk about it. Uh, Jack Sparrow's got an interesting uh, family. Very interesting so, family. Uh, well, uh, do you want to just uh, tie that into our? Or actually, no, we'll do my uh, synopsis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, synopsis. Yeah, synopsis. I'm messing up the uh, the format a little bit. Uh, synopsis. He's so. had a little rum, everybody. <laughs> Very no apple cider this week. No apple cider this uh, week. But very quickly, very very quick synopsis. Uh, Jack Sparrow finds himself as a tour guide to the Fountain of Youth when he is reunited with an old flame and forced captive to the legendary Blackbeard. There it is. I, I love it. Streamlined. God, Steve Cloves did wonders <laughs> for you. <laughs> I, I've been I've been you trying to keep lessons. him in my mind yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. You, did, you took some lessons. Um, look, it's an it's an it's a different story. It's but it's not a Pirates of the Caribbean story. Well, I think. it's it's a boring story yeah, let's it say is. it it's and a boring story like let's not <laughs> let's not walk around it it is boring but um, i think like i don't know i think like there could be so much like if they went to like the island where like the fountain of youth wasn't and if there were like fantasy elements there on the island they kind of had to wouldn't that have worked to to deal with more mm-hmm. i feel like that would be more interesting and that's a way you can get on because apparently they love land in this movie you can get on land but you know, just but have high fantasy elements on the land. Yeah. But I mean, when they get there, aren't don't the mermaids surround this? Yeah. Well, you could you know you can have the well no the mermaids is that's before they get to where the island is. They're collecting it before they get there. I think. I thought that I thought they were surrounding the actual island where this was. No, I don't think so. No, because they have they're looking for the tear, so they have yes. to go. They have to call the mermaids to them. And well, they have to get a mermaid to cry. Yes. They need a tear. Well, they have, from but they have mermaid. to collect the mermaid, but they have to get a mermaid first. So they yes. go. They go to like a ran- I don't think that's on the island. I think it's 
elsewhere. Maybe it is on that island. But I thought it was. I thought they weren't on the island yet. Maybe, maybe they dude, were. Maybe it was. It I don't matter. know. I don't, I don't really know. care. I was. Just, I wasn't paying attention. I, I, I wasn't paying attention either. Maybe um, it probably was on that island. But yeah. still. But there something like that though. There could have been other. Where are other pirate legends that could have been on? You know, on there. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's just it's it, it. The story is just boring. It's it's a little long too for what they were doing. I think this really would have benefited from just being like a two hour movie. Yeah. And that's one of the positives of next week. But, like, this also could have probably benefited from being a little shorter as well. But it's, you know, the story's fine. Yeah. Uh, it just just not that interesting. Well, let's tie that into our opinions. I mean, what are your overall thoughts on this movie? Um, I think it's kind of a mixed bag for me. I think it is a boring story, but I think there are really great elements with Jack being consistent with his relationship and also his relationship with Angelica really works for me. I, I, I think Ian McShane's performance is really good. I think all the performances are, are very strong still. Some of the action sequences. Some like of the, the action mermaid. sequences are good. The the mermaid stuff is really good. I, I even like when he's like escaping at the from of, London. Escaping yeah. from London, the hanging off the chandelier is a lot of fun. There there's some good stuff in here. It's not to say it's all bad, but all of that is overshadowed with kind of this lore bait like more lore building story, more world building, but almost like to this excessive degree that we don't need it. Yeah. Like, that's what makes it feel unnecessary. I think part of it is, too, is and, and I think we're a little emotionally tapped out with this world and these characters yes. because we saw their conclusions. Like, where else, like, unless Jack is going on this big emotional journey, which he does to an extent, yeah. but not, but not, not where he, not to they the extent that he needs to make this more interesting. Yes, they don't really push him. No, yeah, if, uh, and, and I think you could tell that they are hesitant, like, should we let Jack sparrow have feelings like how should we play that yeah. obviously he's down when he say he has um, stirrings stirrings <laughs> he they're 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 teasing it but he's down he's downplaying it obviously because yes. you could tell he has yes feelings for this woman but yeah like, i think that like i'm tapped out emotionally from this world and these characters because yeah. i went through a two an hour and 50 minute closing of this story yes. and 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 all Epic this conclusion yeah the, the conclusion of everything their their adventures and just let them go and and do stuff and i don't like yeah it's fun to, after that it's fun to go back and you can go back and see another adventure and that's what this is but sure. like that's not going to hold the emotional weight that we just had right it, like you nothing know. that they could have done here i don't think could have had the emotional weight that they needed yeah because everything felt concluded and then they came back again and you're like why are they doing this you yeah. know and obviously uh it's not just us audiences were clearly also disappointed yeah. with this entry yeah. where i think a lot of people did walk out and go this feels unnecessary and yeah. maybe some people were walking in i imagine at that time you know even though they announced cast maybe people were still walking in with hopes that there'd be cameos from will turner and elizabeth swan yeah and there's none of that in this yeah. they don't show up it's it's very much its own little story happening in what doesn't feel like a Pirates of the Caribbean movie, no. but what feels like really kind of like if there was a Blackbeard movie and they yeah. threw Jack Sparrow in. It's, well, I, it's weird. Like I pitched last week, I think this movie would be better if if we told another Pirates story and then you could have Jack pop up. And it could be, like you said, it could be like a Gibbs movie or somebody, sure. but like just, or just an, another made up character. And then maybe he runs into Jack at some point and Jack either has a cameo or even maybe a supporting role. Right. Because that's the, the big thing that I said, like, yes, Jack probably has the most screen time of everybody in mm -hmm. that original trilogy, but he's not, he wasn't the, the, the main character or the crux of the movie. Right. 
he got to do a lot of fun stuff, but the heart of those first three movies was the relationship between Will and and Elizabeth. Yes. And that's missing here. And yeah, they, they do try to use this uh, Philip and Serena storyline. this generic thing. To, to do that, but it comes in way later. Mm-hmm. Like, she's not even introduced until an hour into this movie. Yep. Which I'm okay with. Davy Jones isn't introduced into an hour and into Dead Man's Chest, but there's a build-up. There's a build-up. There's a build-up. And build we're getting more of him in the next movie. Yeah. And but what you're absolutely right in this it's kind of this rushed romance where you're like these people fell in love this quickly yeah like over over the course of like a day because he opened up her thing to because he breathed yeah like come on like you know what a ramshackle (laughs) like container to hold her in like aquarium they have her it breaks and she just gets legs yeah she just gets legs she gets legs and then he's like oh you're gonna walk and you're like what is going on here it's just. There's so many things that I was I just had kind of taken yeah. issue with where I was confused, but that's the problem with this movie. Yeah. It's boring. I just and don't it's think, a little. It's I don't a little think confusing. You can't put the emotional weight of the movie on Jack Sparrow. You just can't. No, like, and that's not. not he's that's not, not that kind of character. That's not Johnny Depp's fault. No, it's not. It's not. He doesn't so. write. He's. It's a great performance, but like that's on the writers. Yeah. Who we've talked about, not we're not very high on yeah, right they now. Should've, they should have they they should have pushed another character to take sh- that spot. Absolutely, there should have been another character. Gibbs, but uh, and the big the big word is uh, un- unnecessary. You know, yeah. un- I think very. It's, overall it's unnecessary. Uh, but uh, I guess we can talk about uh, well, actually, do you have any other like opinions or thoughts about that? Or I think I've covered all I want to cover. Yeah. but like it, it yeah, I know. What, what's your uh, rating? Oh, my rating. Um, so I gave this <laughs> two and a half stars. Yeah, uh, yeah. Very okay experience for yeah. me. It is nowhere near the original trilogy. Honestly, again, it's unnecessary. It shouldn't have been made. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just, it is what it is. It's yeah. just a very, very, very okay watch at the yeah. end of the day. Um, two and a half stars for me as well. I think that it's probably kind of closer to a two-star movie with with a couple sequences mm, pushing it over, like sure. the mermaid sequence, right, and, right, and some of the action sequences and the character of Jack, right, because he is a good character. Yes, absolutely. And I like seeing him. But we just, are in complete agreement. With yeah, him. it's yes. just it's just I think that you 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 need something else there to help drive the movie. He yes. can't he can't carry the movie on mm-hmm. his own. Uh, but uh, now we can talk about uniqueness. So uh, what stands out to you in this uh, movie? The boring nature of the movie. <laughs> uh, the use of a historical figure, Blackbeard. Uh, Jack's consistency actually stands yep. out to me. I think yeah. that's a great thing. Also, some of the odd world building that they go in, yeah. like that direction that they go in, where it just... I, I really don't totally understand it, but it, it's, it's, it's odd. And to not even mention... The previous three movies and the adventures they have been on—it's just—it's odd. It's yeah. really odd. I think it's—I think the actors, Johnny Depp specifically, Jeffrey Rush, Penelope Cruz. Mm-hmm. I think the film looks nice. Oh, and for I, sure. I think it's, yeah. it is a pretty movie. You yeah. know, I don't think it's Gore Verbinski pretty, but I think it's pretty. <laughs> it's um, not Gore Verbinski pretty. By maybe any that's means. the 3D that they uh, put in there. Right. But <laughs> but I think uh, the lack of intensity and excitement stand out too because that was another thing I, I kind of mentioned to you too. Like I felt like they really relied on the music a lot too to try to make scenes feel epic than when they weren't epic. Yes. 
like Jack will walk into a building and like the music will be playing and it's like that's not how you use that music yeah, like right. it usually it's for big epic action set pieces yeah um like when he is flying off the chandelier and he's hanging from the chandelier and they use it, it then and, and they use it then yeah. and it really works for me but like there's moments where it works and even Dorian I guess like the, some of the Fountain of Youth stuff they use it there as well yeah. but they yeah, use it a lot they, they use it a lot, lot. Like, which is almost, fine which is fine it's the theme of the movie yes but it's almost to a degree where it's kind of beating you over the head where you're like I get it like I hear it I understand this is it it, but like maybe not use it every single time when it kicks in Jack is on screen they're hoping that the audience is going to wake up when it kicks in like the audience is kind of nodding off and then Uh, it kicks in well that's the problem then it sounds like your movie's boring (laughs) and you're relying on theme music to get your audience's attention again yeah like Uh, even the executives are watching this going (laughs) like oh (laughs) Uh, but does this bring anything new? It brings a an actual historical accurate pirate <laughs> into this yep. world, yeah. um, which they've never done before. It introduces the concept of more world. Uh, when I say world building, but it introduces like the fountain of youth into the mythology of yeah. pirates of the Caribbean, and I would say it also introduces. Uh, mermaids into yeah. the series. Yeah, well, you know <laughs> that's a big thing. Like, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, obvious new characters, new locations, right? Yeah. Um, and you meant like there's new lore things, world building things, mermaids, zombies. I can't zombies. Remember, can't get over that. There are zombies there are in these movies. There he, he zombifies some of his crew, which is strange to me. <laughs> um, but uh, a, it's a pirates film without the Black Pearl, which yeah. I don't ever want to see again. Nobody wants to see that. What is the uh, best scene in this movie for you? Okay, it's the mermaid scene for me. Okay, I get straight off, straight off the top of my head, that was the scene that stuck out to me. I liked. The horror elements of it, I liked. Uh, as soon as that mermaid comes up on that boat, I'm like, "This is not going to. This is not going to end well." I'm like, "I'm like, I know she's." As soon gonna, as Amanda Seyfried pops out, yeah. As soon as Amanda Seyfried pops out, uh, <laughs> not, big, not, sorry, big not, cameo. not Amanda Seyfried. Yeah. Well, as soon as that she comes out, you like, you know, this isn't going to end well. And when those mermaids start attacking, it's really cool. Yeah. And I, I enjoyed that scene a lot. Like that to me felt. Uh, kind of out of a Gore Verbin- like Gore Verbinski's playbook. I'm like, mm. he would do something like this. This is pretty cool. But like, it, yeah, that was the scene that stuck out to me. But I, I had some runner-ups too. But let me hear what you have. Um, I like Jack's Escape Through London. Um, that was a runner-up for me. I really like the mermaid scene. I think I'm going to pick uh, Jack tricking Blackbeard and the sacrificing himself. Great scene, um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a really great scene. It's an emotional scene. I like the, the, the 30 to 20 second shot of like Penelope Cruz. Angelica knows it's wrong what he's yeah. doing. But then it, I guess it's just this... This love for her father, but then that was the other thing too. Not to go back off of, not to go off the scene and then back to that, but like it felt like there was like like there was a reason, like she was like manipulating him, or like there was a reason, like why she wanted him to stay alive or whatever yes. that we never really found out. Like we never got that answer. Yeah, like why is she so diehard that he needed to live? Well, if she came back in the fifth movie, we could maybe could we could have gotten some answers to those questions. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or maybe, I mean, I guess it is just that she loved her father, but, like, really, though? It, it seemed a little off. That, yeah. well, that's what I mean by they had, like, this complex relationship. Yeah. You couldn't tell if they it were was... father-daughter or if and she kept talking... these are just two pirates well, she locked kept in this talking game of about, chess. She kept talking about wanting to save his soul, too. Like, is there a reason for that? Like, what's... You know what I mean? So, I don't uh, know. Davy Jones is gone, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> no, but now there's a new no, Davy I Jones. Know, I know, Will I know. Turner. Yeah, so. but, yeah, and, yeah. He's not doing the job. Jack could have said something like, say hi to Will for say me. Say hi you know to Will I mean? for me. Yeah, they don't even mention them. 
Um, yeah, but I think that, that it's emotional scene, and obviously, you know, you know, you know, Jack but it, was. But it also showcase. You know, Jack is going to switch it, but, but it but also that, showcases that brilliance. Yeah, Jack is is Jack. He Jack knows Jack. to put it in the in the other. He cup. knows to put it in the other cup because yeah. he's like, I'm going to show her that he's going to choose himself over her every time. Yeah. She still doesn't get, you know, but like it, regardless, it's a great scene to showcase his, his brilliance and his, uh, cunning, if you will. Yep. Well, uh, connectivity, how does this, uh, fit in with the rest of the franchise? It kind of doesn't. It, yeah. It kind of doesn't. It feels right? off. Like it feels yeah. off. Like it feels like, I keep saying this, but it feels like a crossover with another movie. Yeah. It feels like Disney, like, <laughs> it feels like Disney, uh, leased out Jack Sparrow and said, okay, yeah, you can use him in this movie. That's what it feels like. <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, or like, I, I don't know if I said this, but like, I've kind of walked around it. Like, you can feel the absence of the elements from the first three movies. Yeah. Especially the biggest thing we, we mentioned, like, I miss Elizabeth, I miss Will, I miss all yeah. these. I missed Gore Verbinski. We like, more than Verbinski. anything, I yes. really missed Gore Verbinski here. And the film feels less authentic mm-hmm. without him being at the helm of this movie. It so. doesn't feel like a Pirates movie. No, it doesn't. Uh, is this a worthy continuation of the franchise? No, no, it's, I it's really not. don't think it's, it is. I don't think it's awful by any means. <laughs> no, it's the, like, but we, it's not worthy. We we keep saying this. This is not unwatchable. It's not a straight up like horrible bad movie. Would never watch again. But this is not worthy of what the trilogy did before it. It's nowhere near that. It doesn't even touch it, dude. You're absolutely right. Well, before we do the future of the franchise, let's talk about some casting and some fun facts, let's my friend. Um, not too too much. A little bit, a little bit more than uh, the la- than last week. So for this movie, we'll start with casting. Penelope Cruz was the only choice for Angelica, and she agreed to do it without reading a script. Ooh, that's really cool. Yeah, Penelope Cruz's husband Javier Bardem was reportedly <laughs> considered for the role of Blackbeard. Well, he gets to uh, he gets come back to, next he week. Comes back into a Pirates yeah. movie. How great would that have been? Look, she's probably on the set. He was there. He was probably there. Yeah, and she, he was probably like, "This looks like a lot of fun." No, but I'm saying for the net for the fifth film, he was he was in the movie. So why she's probably she? on the set? Oh, you're so right. You What's, going <laughs> What's, What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Okay, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer reportedly gave a, a very strict instructions. To the casting directors that any actresses auditioning for a, mer- uh, a mermaid role needed to have natural breasts. Oh, Jerry Bruckheimer. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. <sighs> why? Why is the exact question. It's why. He's a really interesting person in the movie industry. And mm-hmm. we, we don't really get to talk Jerry Bruckheimer on here, but he is like kind of this instrumental person in the movie industry he's he gets a lot of a things a long time a long time a gets lot a of lot stuff. of movies made but i think he is, he seems pretty hands-on with he his seems movies pretty too. hands-on with his movies yes but i i also think he's old school to a fault where he thinks uh movie making is this specific thing yeah. still where he can say those types of things and it's like no you can't say that yeah. you know you really shouldn't say that and you probably shouldn't have given that note to the casting director yeah. you probably should have just left it and uh, that should have been it. But, you know, that's sometimes with these older guys, they lose touch of the way things are yeah. going. And that's kind of how I feel about Jerry Bruckheimer. I feel like while you can't deny his fingerprints on movies and some of the great movies that have been made, uh, I, I do think he's a very... Especially I, in like the action adventure For sure. Genre. For sure. I think he is very out of touch. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Uh, Johnny Depp agreed to starring in the film before there was a script, so that seems to be. Uh, oh wow! So he was still into the role. <laughs> yep, so he was still into the role. Isn't it weird though? So so, <laughs> Penelope Cruz agreed to do it without a script. Sure. Johnny Depp agreed to do it yeah. without a script. 
this um, movie not having a script, or these Pirates movies not having a script, seems, seems to, be, to be pretty consistent yeah. with these writers. Yeah, I, I, he shouldn't have done that. <laughs> they probably should have read the script beforehand, but oh well. Uh, Johnny Depp and Keith Richards reportedly tried to get uh, Mick Jagger to audition for the part of a pirate elder. Hilarious uh, if they did that. He did not obviously do that, or he didn't get the role. Uncle Jackie! <laughs> What do you have to audition? Just give him, Just Mick give him the words. Mick Jagger. What are you talking about? Audition. <laughs> Mick Jagger walks in. You go. You're in. Yeah. Just... I give me shelter. When He's he like sees Teague, that's not even the that's not even the chorus. When he that's sees uh, he sees uh, his father. You know, Captain Teague is like, is like, oh yeah, you remember your uncle? You know, your uncle Mickey. You know, like, yeah. You could have had him do like a dance and everything. <laughs> Rob Marshall does director or, or does does musicals. So yeah, there you go. There you go. There we have the, we have just a whole Rolling Stones performance. <laughs> uh, so Johnny Depp recommended Stephen Graham, uh, who plays Scrum, uh, for uh, the role after working with him in Public Enemies. He is a great actor. He really is. He's a great actor. I've come to know him, well, not know him, but I've come to like see his nose familiarize work. myself with his work yeah. later on, and uh, really, really phenomenal actor. And he also recommended Richard Griffiths for uh, King George II. That's, hey, that's his role. yes. Uh, due to being a fan of his work on the film With Nail and I. Don't know that movie. But uh, if Johnny Depp claims to be such a big fan of the Harry Potter movies that he signed on to Fantastic Beasts without wouldn't reading the script, say, wouldn't hey, you say, why don't we get Richard Griffiths from Harry Potter? From Harry Potter, because <laughs> I like his Uncle Vernon role. <laughs> Johnny Depp never watched a Harry Potter movie. No, not in his life. So uh, for the role of Blackbeard, somebody who was considered is Alfred Molina. Ooh, I like that. I yeah. really like that. Yeah. yeah. For uh, the role of Serena, uh, Megan Fox was considered. Okay. That feels like the like yeah, an obvious that feel, that choice. Feels like, that feels very obvious for the time that this movie is yes. being made. Yep. Now, not so much. No, but at no. the time, that makes sense. Yep. Kira Knightley and Orlando Bloom decided not to return for the for the their roles. Uh, at an interest in pursuing other films. Good for them. Because, well, because... The, that's all they had really... Well, they said that it's all they really had done because they filmed, like, especially Orlando Bloom. He, he went to... Lord of the Rings, right into Pirates. Yeah. He's probably like, I just want to do something that's not a franchise. He spent so many years doing those movies. Same yes. thing, but even Kieran Knightley, just for the Pirates alone. It's like, uh, I think it took like two years or something like that. Yes. For them to make both Pirates movies. Yeah. And, and she starts She starts out, that first Pirates movie, at 17 years old. Yes. I mean, that's a lot of time that she's in, uh, invested yeah. in these uh, in these films. So yeah. it makes sense. Of course. Bill Nye expressed interest in returning as Davy Jones, hoping that his character could be resurrected. Uh, but this never amounted to anything. Uh, well, he does next week. Yeah, but it's not Bill Nye. It's not oh, Bill. I know. He's but not he's, involved. But, well, Davy Jones is resurrected. <laughs> Even though all curses and, are working. Uh, there's, a, there's a little cameo... <laughs> In the film, uh, you did not notice this. I pointed this no, out to you earlier. As a, a carriage writer who encourages, uh, who encounters Jack Sparrow, is played by a uh, Dame Judi Dench. How about that? How about that? Thank you, Dame Judi. A Dench. great little, uh, great little cameo. A to fun throw in cameo, there, so. especially when you're in England. That's a good thing to do. Well, that made me like double back. I was like, Has Judi Dench been in any of these movies? I'm like, No, no. Helen Mirren. I, I yes. keep thinking of Helen Mirren and, and keep thinking of Judi Dench instead of Helen Mirren. Yes. But uh, no, so uh, but she'll uh, when we eventually do like James Bond, you know, she'll be joining our list. Oh yes. Uh, so, but some other fun facts: uh, Penelope Cruz was pregnant while filming, uh, so she filmed the close-up shots while her younger sister Monica uh, was brought in to act as a body double for the long-distance shots. Super cool. I like yeah. when they do that. Uh, it was intended for Gore Verbinski to return as a director, uh, but he could not due to uh, other commitments. Uh, a little movie called Rango. I love Rango. I'm a Rango guy, man. I love Rango. You know what, man? And he 
Honestly, do you think he would have if he read the script? He apparently would have done it. Really? Hmm. That's interesting. I don't know. I I don't... I really don't know. I feel like he would have forced... And he doesn't come back... For the fifth. For the fifth one. So so I wonder if he would have forced, like, a better script or whatever. But, like, it's it's interesting that he was considering it because I'm like... Especially after he says they should never make another Pirates (laughs) movie again. And then he's like, oh, fourth one, maybe. But, like, I'm really glad... I'm... Part of me is like, what is On Stranger Tides with Gore Verbinski? It's, it's a better movie. It's a better movie. But, you know, I, I'm glad, uh, part of me is glad that he didn't because it proves how good Gore Verbinski is yes. at these, doing these movies. Yeah, you're, you're right. Because I think, I think it would have been better. I still don't think it would have been great just because of that script. Yeah. You know, so. And I think uh, it kind of solidifies his legacy of those first three movies. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but the film, you know, we walked around this but the film was loosely based on the book on stranger tides by tim powers uh with the writers uh, uh ted elliott and terry rocio discovering the book while uh doing production of dead man's chest Ooh. and believing it could lead to the future and to a future installment in the series so uh disney bought the rights to the book back in 2007 wow okay so you know kind right, of when, uh when uh, at world's end comes out yeah well the back they thinking you know because i think the, even gore Verbinski even says in that 25 minute documentary for dead man uh dead man's chest that uh they even talked about doing like the fountain of youth and stuff and right. i i think the major elements is the fountain of youth and Blackbeard being a major element. They really shared. wanted that. Yeah, but I think the, that's the big, like, this is, it's not like, this is the, this isn't the, the On Stranger Tides book plot with Jack sure. Sparrow. It's not, I was afraid that's what it was. Right. I think the voodoo doll might be in the book too, but that I'm not, I'm not sure. Sure. But Blackbeard and the Fountain of Youth, and the Fountain are, the of core youth are the core elements that are taking, and I think Blackbeard has a pretty small role in the book too, but I guess it was enough that, and then I guess they liked the title that they bought the right. rights from the thing. And I did read, I read a really, really, really quick interview with like a, and I read it really, really quickly uh, with the, the, the writer of the book, I guess, I guess it was um, uh, Tim Powers. And he, they were like, oh, for, I guess from around 2011, like, how do you feel about, you know, them doing this movie and them changing so much? He's like, I don't care. Right. He's like, you know, he's like, I don't, he's like, I don't expect book adaptations to be the book. You know right. what I mean? I expect them to change things. So absolutely. But yeah, that's that's all my facts. Wow. Okay. Um, nothing, nothing major. But uh, let's talk about the future of the franchise. Uh, should there have been a sequel to this? Uh, no. Yeah, I think this is the... I understand why they did. Look at the box office. Billion dollars, obviously. But uh, I think they should have been like, no, we no, need, we're done. It, it should have stopped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I the think The story this, is not good. I don't think this movie should have ever existed to begin with. I agree. So, I completely agree. Um, but uh, what if there if there had to be something, what would you want to see in the future? Um, I, I, I think you, I have said I want a Gibbs movie, but also maybe there's the possibility of just a Jack, Jack and Gibbs movie. Mm-hmm. Like just send them on an adventure and explore that relationship more. Well, after this, I'm down for an Angelica movie. An Angelica movie is a great choice. Yeah. An Angelica movie. Let's see her like get off that Island and maybe Jack has a very small supporting role. Yeah. Right? But the entire movie is her trying to get to Jack and she's kind of like maybe torturing the voodoo doll here and there and just doing like little <laughs> things. But yeah, maybe something like that. Yeah. But uh, what franchise star would you add to this uh, franchise? You know what? I'm going to take Alfred Molina. Because you said it earlier yeah, and it really choice, stuck yeah. out to me. And I'm like, that's... Yes. He would work as a pirate. You know who I'd pick? Uh, Idris Elba. Great choice. Yeah. Oh, he would work. He would really work. But, uh, you know, we're at the part of the show where we... Uh... We rank our films. Uh, <laughs> we move through this pretty quickly. Yeah. I don't think there's a lot to really say about this movie, mm-hmm. to be honest. But uh, we have uh, four movies. 
So uh, uh, let's uh, rank our movies starting at uh, the lowest and moving up to the highest. So uh, what's number four? On Stranger Tides. Yes, I think we both are in agreement that uh, this yes. is just the weakest of the... It's 100%. not even close to the, 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 the next movie, whatever it may be, number three. Uh, what's number three? Yes, number three, At World's End. Yeah, yeah. On Stranger Tides isn't even close to At World's right. End. But uh, number uh, number two. Uh, the Curse of the Black Pearl. Yeah, obviously, uh, probably uh, well, most people's number one. But uh, Yeah, not, not here. Us. Not here. Because number one. Oh, my friend, it's Dead Man's Chest. That movie slaps. Man. Oh, man, that movie slaps. Dead Man's <laughs> Chest, man. <laughs> what, a, what an incredible movie. Yeah. You want to talk about Dead Man's Chest again? Yeah, we'll do that again. We'll do a revisited <laughs> next week, actually. Um, but yeah, no, uh, we have one more film we have to rank next Yes, week. yes. I'm actually really curious about where we're going to put that. I think I know. I, I, I think I know. You think you know. I, think I, I don't know. think I do. So we can have a conversation about that next yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what are your... It's at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to be very clear. It's, it's at the bottom. It's not. <laughs> I think it might, it might top Dead Man's Chest. Um, number one, Dead Men Tell Me Tales. No, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, do you have any uh, anything else to really say about yeah, this, or um, do you want to add about this movie? This is a very unnecessary entry into this franchise, and I think this, for us, has been kind of an exercise in that, where, you know, as we've looked at other franchises before, I think we've had this problem where a franchise doesn't know when to stop, and they keep going. Yeah. And I, I think we're kind of in agreement that maybe we saw that very recently on our Fantastic Beasts yeah. Uh, episodes where we were like, are these even necessary at the end of the day? And I think you can even argue that even in uh, like Terminator, uh, some of the stuff we did in there, like there, there are. This is very much that. It's very much an exercise in uh, not letting a franchise just stop and not yeah. die, but like just let the franchise be what it is. Let this trilogy live on its own as its own thing. Yeah. But this is obviously to me um, a money grab. Yeah. yeah. Like in the it's it's unnecessary and it's a money grab and it worked. I mean it made a billion dollars. It worked, but yeah, it's it's very much to me that. It's yeah. it's it's just not needed. It's it's hard because I one hundred percent understand why people why 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 Disney or any of these studios make movies, especially mm-hmm when your movie your last movie made so much money right right. right? like the third movie made 960 million dollars right this movie makes a billion dollars so even going off of this movie going into dead man tono tales next week like is disney supposed to and i'm I'm not saying that they should have but like is disney supposed to look at this movie and go this made a billion dollars i think we can stop here sure of course they're going to do something else it right. just it just makes sense disney is in the the, the business of making money it's yes. what they do but i think what's important and i talked about this before with certain things is that what they need to do what or what what the the best thing for me is of course you're making things to make money but you're also making the best product that you can possibly make you're not just rushing things and forcing things and grabbing things find people who are passionate about it whether that's the director the writer the producers the stars get people who are passionate about what's what's happening right let them do what they want to do let them make their movie right and and just guide them to the way and like yeah like if, if you know you have certain ways of doing it but like let let them express themselves let mm-hmm. them whatever I don't know Rob Marshall enough to say that this does or doesn't feel like a Rob Marshall film sure to, but going off of my gut I would say probably doesn't you know what right. I mean right but like the first three Pirates movies those felt like and again I'm not an expert on Gore Verbinski by any means. But those felt like Gore Verbinski movies. You walk away going, "That's Gore Verbinski." That, that felt like if somebody says, "Like, can you define Gore Verbinski?" Like, it's. It, I would say, "Oh, it seems to me, based off of what I've seen, right. he likes on location. He likes practical effects. He likes to do things as realistically and and as 
and, and based in reality as as pasta. Right. And that's what it is. And this doesn't feel like anything more than just Disney made some notes and, you know, just, just slapping things together and yeah. labels on things and characters and things to make a pirate's movie. Right. You exactly. Know? Because, of course, of co- like... People say, why are they still making Fast and Furious movies? Because they make so much money. Why are they still making because Fast Because people movies? are showing Because they up. make money. Yeah, like, people are showing up yeah, to see them. They're, they're, like, of course they're still making movies, right. but, but maybe find a better way to do things. Maybe there's challenge a way, there's yourself. There's a way to, keep, to make that kind of movie, but also keep the integrity of the franchise. Of course. And I feel like that's what this didn't have. It didn't have integrity. And we're going to be talking a lot about integrity next yeah, week. Yeah. With that's I mean that's a whole thing, but like there there is just it, it feels like a money grab for the sake of a money grab and not let's challenge ourselves and find a worthy continuation of this story. Yeah. Um, there's a way to do there's it. There's a way to do it, but I I think we can both say this isn't it. Yeah, and I think I think that is something that I think Disney gets in the grooves Sometimes, like when it they just w- keeps when they them when out. they really get rolling, they yeah. try to go with it, and sometimes it really works. Like pick, and I know I know that technically when they did this, they were their own entity, but like Pixar was untouchable yeah. for a long time, right? Disney animation You'll never find anything from literally, dude. Toy Story to Toy Story three, it's untouchable all the way through. Yeah, it really is. Uh, but even like Disney in the nineties is eighty yeah. nine to like was it like ninety five right untouchable untouchable like there's some the great like but they, but then they start slipping and they start slipping they they need to learn and I think they're trying to learn when they need to pull back and they need to reinvent the wheel when they right. need to start doing something things I mean hell we're seeing it right now with and you may be surprised when I'm saying this but with Marvel right Marvel was untouchable for a long time wow and now we're starting to see them making some mistakes because yeah. they're still doing certain things. Or they, or or they have some type of idea about what they want to do, mm-hmm. but it's not being conveyed to the audience yet. Yes. You know what I mean? So I'm in agreement with you there. Yeah, wow. I, I think that, uh, <laughs> and I, look, and I, I still stand. I still like. No, no, no. I just, what I saw, I, but I just never thought I'd get you to say that. So no, of course, I, I, I never thought you'd say that. That's I great. definitely think that they're that they that they're making they're dropping the ball with some okay, things, and, and they're That's making mistakes. I'm. I'm not as much of a fanboy or shill as you may think. You know? Yeah, I, I literally, I do think you are a big fanboy. <laughs> you, when we do, and and hopefully, you know, I hope, no, we have no idea. We don't have any schedule, anything scheduled yet. But I, I'm hoping yeah. that one day soon we can do. We can start uh, the MCU. to start the MCU. Yeah. We mentioned we'll do phases, and I'm excited for that because you may be surprised mm. by my opinions on okay. a lot of those Great. movies. Yeah, I'm excited. So, That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I I think that uh, Disney needs to kind of step back sometimes, and and they need to like Disney rem- like sometimes forgets that they're in the process of making the best product they can make and they were in the money making game right you know what i mean and then they have to then they have somebody steps up and says no 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 but you need to make the best product you can make right. to get the money to get the money. audiences yeah. aren't going to come out to see just anything right. and i think fantastic beasts prove that. oh that's that is absolutely so, true yes so. but yeah i mean overall like not a terrible movie no but if uh, if i'm watching pirates of the caribbean probably from now on i'm probably just watching the original trilogy watching the original trilogy yeah <laughs> That's it. Well, is that it? Do you think we're we're ready to bring it home? I think we're good, Laszlo. All right, Captain. Uh, or sorry, Captain Quinn Cannonballs, because yes. uh, that brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you to our dear friend Tony. But uh, from now on, uh, <laughs> Tony officially—it's been a, four movies in—but officially, finally has a uh, 
pirate name. He has no idea. But it's we uh, haven't told him. From now on, he is uh, will be, or at least for the rest of this franchise, yes. he'll be referred to as a Captain Herb Yellowbeard. Captain so, Herb Yellowbeard uh, for uh, this week, next week, and the retrospective. Yes. So thank you uh, to Captain Herb, Herb Yellowbeard, and uh, we appreciate everybody for the support. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and more. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FranchiseMePod. You can see all of our rankings on Letterboxd. It's FranchiseMe, just one word. And you can send us an email, FranchiseMePod at gmail.com. Give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Give us your feedback so we can get better each week. Also, check out our bonus series, A Year on Franchises, where each episode we break down all the franchise movies in a year. Don't forget to check out our website, FranchiseMePodcast.com, where you can see all of our episodes. Check back next week as we discuss the last film in the series, at least so far, (laughs) with Dead Men Tell No Tales.